Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, Shinna Will first came to people's attention when it produced an Irish version of the international talent show Pop Stars for RTE, which proved to be a resounding success. Ever since, it's been hit after hit with You're a Star, Dragon's Den, The Apprentice, MasterChef Ireland, The Voice of Ireland and Dancing with the Stars being ratings winners. Now its founder, Larry Bass, has a sight set on international growth by diversifying into documentaries and dramas and creating successful partnerships in the States with platforms such as Netflix and Amazon. Larry joins me on the phone now to discuss this evolving industry and the next phase of growth for Shinna Will. Larry, how did you first get involved in the world of TV production? Morning, Carl. Believe it or not, it started on, on radio. When I was 13 years old, uh, there was a station across the road from my house in Dublin, in Dunleary actually, uh, called Southside Radio. My brother was a DJ there and I used to hang around the station answering the phones and generally getting in the way. And um, one day somebody didn't turn up for their shift and I was duly elected on and one thing led to another and I was always interested in the technical side of things. So how do things work? So um, the equipment side, whether it's the sound equipment, whether it was the lighting equipment, and uh, very quickly I found myself working with local bands. So that word is a word that I suppose filled my early years and post-school. That's what I worked at full time. And I applied uh, to go back to college. I'd never gone to college and left school. So I went and uh, became a mature student, aged 28, and went and studied film and broadcasting. Graduated from that and uh, started working in in production. And I set up Shinna Will, one of the guys I met initially in Colossal Dulig, uh, Simon Gibney. And I had wanted to do a documentary telling the story of a band who I'd worked with many years previously, a band called Aslan. And uh, it had a great rock and roll story and a story that hadn't been told. And our very first Shinna Will production was um, a documentary called Aslan Made in Dublin. Shinna Will has been the powerhouse behind some of Ireland's biggest entertainment series, including The Apprentice, Dragon's Den, MasterChef Ireland, and of course, most recently, The Voice of Ireland and Dancing with the Stars. So that was very much a strategy that you identified along the journey to license in an existing tried and tested format. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't as, as, as deliberate as that. I mean, I literally accidentally stumbled upon pop stars at an event in Las Vegas. I knew because of my music background that I could package uh, the right talent to make that show work here. And I felt it was the right show for me because of background in music uh, and understanding of television. There was certainly a, a good coming together of skills uh, and ha- happily it worked out. Um, and then other projects then emerged and evolved over time. Um, the Apprentice um, came about as a direct result of um, me being on a jury for the International Rose Door and The Apprentice was a show that actually won that year and I got to know the show by looking at it as a juror in in fine detail and I decided I really wanted to do that show. So that's how we happened upon that one. Dragons Den, um, we went after the rights to that because we were looking for a vehicle 
to help promote a bank who wanted to promote business banking. Um, and that's why Dragon's Den landed uh, in with us. So, you know, different reasons. We ended up working on different shows. And because now we're known as a safe pair of hands by international format rights holders, uh, other shows have come our way. You know, we do Home of the Year, um, which thankfully is going into another season and we'll be out looking for people to um, submit their homes. It's been a, a super show here in Ireland and even bigger uh, last year during lockdown and we hope to repeat that uh, next year. So we're out there looking for great Irish homes. That was a show, it was a tiny little show it had been produced in Denmark um, and now the Irish version um, gets seen right around the world and we're delighted to be doing it. So there's big formats, small formats, and then their new show, which we, we're casting for um, talent and singers to take part right at the moment. There's uh, a new show called Take On Me. We will be recording that in September, and that will be on air in, April, in, sorry, in uh, the autumn in RT1. It's a brand new format, which we would like to think that we will produce it here and then export that format to other countries around the world. And Larry, when you're considering a new programme, do you start with the sponsor or the format? It's a bit of both. I mean, it's very seldom that you'd start with the sponsor. Um, very few brands in Ireland would have the wherewithal and capacity to fully fund something. So generally speaking, the sponsor will come in uh, after the show has been primarily financed by the broadcaster and you're looking to complete the financing or um, complete the final gap. Um, but we do from time to time, if we are approached, you know, is there, a, is there a perfect fit for a particular brand? The Apprentice was a fantastic show from that point of view because you could literally create, um, you know, tasks within a show that could certainly highlight um, brands or elements of um, products in a way that no other show could. And I think that's why it's the perfect vehicle for commercial television. Um, it works with a, you know, a key product placement, sponsorship, um, that all work within the broadcast regulation. And Larry, in terms of how the industry has evolved over the past 20 years, of course, reality TV has played a huge part in that. But what else has changed over that period? I think the biggest change that we've certainly pivoted our business into in the last couple of years is the need to become part of a bigger international um, industry, uh, certainly in the world of content. No longer are we dealing only with um, national broadcasters. We're now dealing, and everyone probably listened to this program, has a subscription to at least one uh, global platform, whether it's a Netflix um, subscription, Apple, Amazon, Disney. You know, there's so many now. And, you know, a couple of years ago, there was virtually none in Ireland. Now they're all here, and they're all looking for a share of your wallet. And, you know, as producers... We have to shift our focus on finding content that will work on these big global platforms. So we've shifted our um, focus on bigger international shows because these platforms have bigger ambitions, I think, than small national broadcasters. We've shifted the business into uh, scripted production as well. We've produced our first TV drama um, we have a number of other TV dramas in development and we're close to finance on one. We have a couple of feature films we now make. Um, so we we one going into production later this year, another one early next year. And we're doing feature documentaries. So again, 
products um, that if we were only looking to produce for RT or Virgin Media or TG Cahar, you could not invest the time um, and uh, manpower into developing the shows of the scale they were now pitching to those global platforms. And Larry, from your experience in dealing with the likes of Netflix, Amazon, Disney and others, how accessible are they and what are they like to deal with? You know, every single platform is different. They they all come from different um, backgrounds. Um, sometimes dealing with a company like Netflix, you have to understand that they're essentially, Netflix is headquartered in Silicon Valley in California. They're not headquartered in Los Angeles. Um, they have an office in Los Angeles. Um, so essentially they're a tech firm. They started out as a mail order firm in the UK, in the US. Um, and now they're a, you know, a global content powerhouse. And they think in different ways. Um, they absolutely have their customer at the heart of what they do. And they, uh, they know their customer probably better than most people because they can tell not only what you're watching, but what, you're, um, what you've even clicked in to consider to watch or what you watched for 30 seconds and didn't like. So they've got a very, very good handle on what people like, what tastes are. Um, and, you know, so they've got a very good knowledge of what they're looking for. They don't necessarily share that. Um, I think once you're working with them, um, they're a bit more open with the, where they see a particular show and where upon their uh, platform they want to place them and all of that. But they're very, very careful with the information that they share. So when you're pitching, you're, you're, you're pitching to people who have a different starting point We've had to employ somebody in Los Angeles to help bridge the gap between pitching from Ireland directly to um, Los Angeles. With those platforms in mind, what style of programme do you think the greatest opportunity exists in for Will going forward? It'll be a mix. You know, I think we can't rely on one particular um, type of content. Um, if we were lucky enough to have one that is such a significant scale that you could drive a whole business around it, but they're few and far between. So I think we'll always have a a rich mix of high-quality content in a number of different genres. Um, Our Take On Me is a new entertainment format that will be aimed at a full family audience. Um, We have a new business show um, that we're also bringing uh, to the world, whether it ends up on a platform or on a broadcaster. uh, We don't know yet, but we would see it as the the next generation of a Dragon's Den type show. Um, and we've other entertainment shows, we've travel log shows, and that's just on the non-scripted side that we're working on. On the scripted side, as I said, we, we have a crime thriller. We hope to uh, get into production on later this year. And, uh, you know, it's a female um, protagonist in the show. And we've two other um, female-led protagonists in other um, crime thrillers um, you know so there's a bunch of shows we're working on at the moment So there's lots of exciting projects in the pipeline and as a result of Brexit you believe that Ireland is now ideally placed to work with big American production companies such as HBO and Disney why is this the case for Ireland? Well it's a you know simple fact of life um, these global platforms the vast majority of which are American in uh, ownership terms or in headquarter terms um, they are targeting the European market as a key market. The US is a market size of around about 
350 million people. The EU is a market um, that's over half a billion people. Um, but it's a half a billion people of high spending um, uh, population. Uh, so it's a very key market if you're a global platform um, content provider. And thankfully, uh, the EU has made it a, a part of the licensing of these platforms into Europe that 30% of their output must be originated within the EU. And, you know, thanks to Boris, the UK is no longer a member of the EU. And um, uh, these platforms are going to be looking to make their content, uh, you know, within Europe to qualify under that European regulation. Um, and I think a lot of it they will want to make in English language because it's, a, it's easier for that content not just to play well to English-speaking territories, um, but uh, increasingly so the world has become an anglified world and the content for a global player will play in more places if it's in the English language. And Larry, there is lots of talk about the emergence and growth within augmented and virtual reality. Is that a consideration for you when you're looking at new formats and your ability to be able to deliver that content in an AR or VR compatible way today? Uh, or another one for your listeners is XOR. is sort of a catch-all between um, augmented reality and virtual reality. They, they talk to uh, XOR. Um, yes is the answer. We are co- constantly looking to see, can we utilize um, these new technologies in a way that adds value in terms of the content that our viewers get to see? Um, one of the ways that we... Um, are working within the emerging technologies is when you look at Dancing with the Stars in Ireland, we were one of the first versions of that show in the world to use fully surround um, LED screens that allow us to give these fantastic visuals um, to each individual song. Um, It was a process that we first used on our set five years ago. The BBC have now adapted that and are using um, the similar process um, in their sets. But that world of creating a virtual backdrop um, rather than using green screen or blue screen um, is certainly the way forward. Um, shows like Foundation, which is the new Apple show that's been produced in Limerick and Troy Studios, have a lot of their backgrounds virtually projected. Um, so you're looking at a, a screen which has a fantastic background and rather than superimposing it in post-production, you're creating it visually um, in situ. And working with those technologies um, requires new technical proficiencies, not just from the the crews operating, uh, but the lighting designers now have new sources of light emanating from the screens. So it's not just your physical light as given light onto the subject. So we're all learning to adapt and and try and get more proficient with these technologies. And one thing that I try and do as a CEO is keep one foot in the future. I'm certainly no expert in these areas, but I've got to try and keep abreast of what's happening. And then if an opportunity opens up, we'll certainly look to get into that. And of course, Larry, there's no guarantee that any new programme format will be a success and attract a large audience. So talk to me about how you approach risk and what you do to minimise it. The risk from us, uh, you know, the, uh, I've always said it, um, <laughs> you know, 
the, the world of film finance and, and TV drama finance and TV format development finance is probably one of the most risky businesses in the world. If you're, you know, if you're mining for oil or prospecting for gold, um, at least you go to a mountain and you know there should be a mineral there. But in our business, there's absolutely zero guarantee that the audience uh, will like what you produce until you show it to them after you've produced it. So we're, we're, we're living with risk from the get-go. I think you try and get a, a sixth sense um, that when you're creating something, when you're writing it up, when you're pitching it and you're constantly getting feedback, uh, like any developer in any industry, um, feedback is vital. And, and feedback, which is highly critical of what you've um, pitched, is even more valuable um, because that's how you learn, that's how you get to mould. Um, and uh, I think that combination of trusting your gut, um, you know, taking the feedback, applying uh, the, the good parts um, that help um, elevate your idea or polish it, uh, you need to be open to it. Um, so I think constantly trying to de-risk by improving before you lock and load your final version of the show is something you have to just perfect. Finally, Larry, in terms of predictions, what will the production industry look like in five years from today? I hope it's certainly from an Irish point of view. I think we're potentially sitting on um, an expansion of the industry. Um, I've been saying it. Um, I think when I first said it a few years ago, people were raising their eyebrows. Um, but I have always felt that there's an opportunity to um, make Ireland the Hollywood of Europe. Um, we're not there yet. I think we can get there. And I certainly think that we will be a long way um, down that path in five years' time. There's a new studio um, being developed in, in Wexford. There's a new studio up the road in Wicklow. They already have Ashford Studios and Ardmore Studios. And there's a new studio going in in Greystones. There's two new studios coming up in Dublin. Um, and uh, we've already mentioned the one in Limerick. And, and five years back, Limerick wasn't there. Um, and you literally had Ardmore and Ashford had just opened. And here we are five years on. And I predict it'll be another four or five studios um, in Ireland and I think if you look at the size and scale of the industry today with four, five or six more um, studio complexes I think the size and scale of the industry will triple in five years time Well if you've just tuned in that was Larry Bass from Shinawell and I wish Larry every success as he looks to capitalise on the opportunities created by Brexit Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick